Hello, hello. This is Clinton and Hillary, and welcome to Black Atlantic, a podcast and media channel bringing East Coast voices to the world. This week, we'll be discussing some serious drama between Elon Musk, Twitter, CBC, Trudeau, and Polyver. Uh, Derek Chauvin's guilty verdict upheld again, New Brunswick's budget breakdown, uh, Russia claiming to have forgiven $20 billion in African debt, and if there's anything else, we'll let you know. Amazing. We just want to say that our podcast is weekly with guests or topics, and you can find us anywhere online by searching Black Atlantic. If you're watching us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, like button, leave a comment, leave a comment on our streaming platforms and social media. What's why are you holding your nose? Am I, am I on the I'm nose about something? Tell I'm me. remembering Tell me. that if you're watching the video version, we have a QR code and you should scan it and you should see what it does. What? Yeah. Where is it? Oh, yeah. I, you're I you're, you're in the right. You were in to the right me, for me. To me, it's that way. That's weird. Yeah, it, to me, it's that way too. We're pointing in the same direction for me. I've got my, I don't know, maybe my mirror, my, maybe my camera's mirrored. It's on the top right of your screen. <laughs> that's a fun fact. That's how certain <laughs> dance moves were invented back in the 90s when people were doing. Uh... <laughs> this move was actually created during the first televideo conferencing. Uh, session ever which did which took place in the 90s are you serious no not at all oh, okay <laughs> okay <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh hot started. start over here if you're listening to this you should uh listen through but then also watch it and see the dance move that we were just doing yeah it, it was i don't even know if it has a move but uh i'll look it up later yo, this yo. this week this week uh there has been some drama surrounding CBC. CBC, which is, you know, of all of the news stations in Canada, it's definitely the one we talk about the most. Uh, we may compliment it the most and also complain and criticize it the most because the truth is it's probably one of the only ones we pay attention to mm-hmm. because uh, we feel they do, like, the best work in, you know, covering topics uh, relevant to podcasts like ours. They actually mm-hmm. have shown the most effort in Canada to, you know, well you know there may be some problems with what they do uh they've made the strongest effort in our opinion to address black issues and and, and black culture and and the struggle the joys and the pains and stuff like that but anyways it was announced recently on twitter cbc got a tag put on their their accounts all of their accounts or most of their accounts that they were uh, a publicly a government funded news media outlet which um it's sort of taboo in the sense that, you know, it talks like Russian controlled media, Chinese controlled media and stuff like that. It kind of could be led to lead someone to think that uh, CBC was controlled by the government and thereby weren't independent and weren't free speaking. And, you know, they were being used to sway public opinion. Um Twitter had also recently done that for the BBC in the UK, and I believe it's called NPR in the States. Um, 
the reason this happened was because conservative leader Pierre Poliver, I always, I'm not sure if I'm getting his last name right, Great uh, job. wrote to billionaire Elon Musk to request that this take pl took place. Uh, Elon Musk complied. Um, CBC got the, the handle. They announced that they were not going to be posting on Twitter anymore anytime soon. Similar to multiple other corporations have pulled out of Twitter for various reasons, whether it comes to... Um, oh, just for multiple reasons. Uh, I believe CBC sort of uh, tried to clarify and argued the point that they weren't government influenced in their journalism, but uh, yes, a certain percentage of their revenue comes from, from the government. And I believe it was just updated today, which is Tuesday, you'll be hearing this on Thursday, to say that uh, it's mostly, to the Twitter handle now says, I believe that's mostly or 69% government funded. So this has been a lot of drama. Trudeau is using this opportunity to blast Pierre and Pierre is fighting back and there's all this stuff going on. But basically, like little Canadian politics here, um, a CBC conservative leader reached out to Elon Musk and got him to change the handle on Twitter. Um, what do you think about all this, Hillary? Well, so I also saw, I think, in our conversation today that, like, originally it said 69%, and then Elon tried to reach out to CBC and then adjusted it to say 70% and then said something <laughs> like, does that make it sound better for you guys or something? Oh, um, I'll read what I sent uh, to you from, uh, from LinkedIn that I saw, which is, Brody Fenlin, the editor-in-chief of CBC News' response, which is, we are beholden to no one. We report without fear or favor. We act only in the public interest. Um, and that Twitter, so like you just said, they applied government-funded media label to the CBC account. Twitter's own policy defines government-funded media as cases where the government may have varying degrees of government involvement over editorial content, which is clearly not the case with CBC Radio Canada. CBC Radio Canada is publicly funded through a parliamentary appropriation that is voted upon by all members of parliament. It is editorial independence. Its editorial independence is protected by law in the Broadcasting Act. In addition, our journalism is independent and subject to our journalistic standards and practices, as well as an independent complaints process through the Ombudsman for CBC and Radio Canada. Consequently, we have paused our activity on our corporate Twitter account and all accounts managed by CBC and Radio Canada, News, Entertainment, and Regions. I, uh, first of all, I'm very familiar with their... Um, journalistic standards because in all honesty working with them as much as I do those standards are something that I have to uphold um and in all honesty are part of the reason why I don't fully work there because I talk about how I genuinely feel about Blaine Higgs and the government here and I really respect the fact that um that would come across as unbiased if I were to be an employee um I do really think that our government does not tamper with CBC government that much. I do believe that all, all media tends to be biased to a certain extent. It's really hard to find like news that reports in a completely unbiased way. But I know that CBC does make an effort to do so. I think Twitter is just going to a crap shoot. And like we saw this coming when Elon bought it, the whole buying verification, buying the blue check marks, um, 
letting anybody have anyone's name, but then getting rid of that when someone tried to buy Elon's name. Like it's all just very stupid in my opinion for an app <laughs> that used to be like to me a secondary news source it started out as like how i would obviously like it started out as how you'd be able to interact with celebrities and get their like one line thought back in like 2010 and then it very quickly turned into a great way for people to share news and thoughts from across the world without needing to be friends with them like facebook and now it's just a joke um it's really unfortunate I'm glad that CBC is standing up in this way and not staying on the app. Um, yeah, I, I, I just find it bizarre that Cat Padivad would also go to this length um, to be against the like our public news. But I, he's also, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Not a great person, not an <laughs> ideal person in my mind. So, like, I'm not surprised, but it's also just a weird beef to have. What do you think? Um, it is a weird beef to have. I mean, Pierre Polliver is, you know, he did petition this of Elon Musk, and the truth is, you know, he's taken a fact and possibly creating a bit of misinformation around it. Um, you know, CBC is a news agency in Canada, Canada that is mostly government funded. Uh, so the part that gets left out of that story is that they still have their right to journalistic uh, independence and integrity as per Canada's broadcasting laws. Um, it's funny. I laugh at the drama just because it's a bit funny. Uh, the reality is CBC, you know, Regardless of who is in power, uh, if what's ironic is if Pierre Polyver wins and becomes Canada's prime minister, um, just like any conservative minister of the past, I mean, the CBC will continue to be funded. It didn't start being funded with the Liberals. Now, as you said, um, it's impossible for a news agency to be completely unbiased. I have found uh, from watching CBC over the years that I feel like they do tend to lean just a little bit towards the left, but possibly that just happens to be the opinions of the people that work for them. Um, I don't know that they've ever leaned too far to the right. They're, they're definitely not in incredibly hesitant to report on negative things that the, the liberal government does as well whenever Pierre, um, Pierre Trudeau, because <laughs> it's basically all the same well, people controlling things at the top, the if Pierre you ask Trudeau me, the Pierre Trudeau party. Um, that's almost like an Illuminati slip right there, because we are not, we're not big enough to be part of the Illuminati yet. Not yet, not yet. Although I did have a conversation no, um, this week about starting a black Illuminati, so we'll talk about that after I'm, the show. I'm sure there is one. You could start. I'm I'm sure there's even a Canadian chapter, well, which we're which we're not a part of either. Yet. Uh, I was winking <laughs> for those listening on streaming platforms. Uh, the last thing I'll say, and I, I probably lost my point <laughs> through that, was um, Pierre Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau. <laughs> Pierre Trudeau. <laughs> That's not going to help. I had one final thought to wrap it all up, and I think it's gone. Uh, oh, well, similar to like, it's. I think it's impossible for any news agency to be completely unbiased. I would even say that, you know, I can't, I have to recognize our own biases and the things we talk about. Um, but 
It's just more Twitter drama. You're right. That's how Twitter started out and it's evolved and changed. But the reality is that just to that last point, that is what happens with a company. Uh, Facebook started out mostly as a dating uh, app. And I learned just two weeks ago that actually YouTube was supposed to be a dating app when it started. What? YouTube. Yeah, it was meant. Oh, are we at Facebook still? Both. What? Facebook wasn't completely a dating app, but I mean... Mark Zuckerberg make, made it for a way for people to connect on campus. It was like a university campus oh, uh, software yes. for just for people connecting. And it was uh, it was heavily focused back in its early day, just on like on relationship stuff. Then they came away from it. Now they have Facebook dating, apparently. But um, <clears throat> I've heard. I've used it. It's not great. <laughs> I don't even, it's not even an option because on uh, my thing, I, I think you have to like turn it on somehow. It's really, it's really funny that you said it's not an option, and then when you lift it up, your sweater just said "dad." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just yeah. seemed like it was tied together. <laughs> no, it's completely subconscious. But, but uh, aside note, I've, just, I've heard dating. of it. Like I've never even, I had never, never even thought about it as being on Facebook until someone started talking about it and how crazy it was to be on it. Because I don't see anything to do with dating on on my thing. It's yeah, funny. I remember all those from back in the day. Uh, there was all kinds of dating websites back then. Um, Black Planet, <laughs> Asian Avenue, <laughs> Miente, probably all before your time. Yeah, these were all dating sites back in the day. Black Planet? Yeah, yeah. It was like a MySpace for black people. Like there were all these different dating apps. Like, you didn't have to be black to be on it. But uh, oh, yeah, you could look it up. Uh, it was gigantic in Toronto. Um, there was also Meet Me in T.O. in Toronto. Uh, and of course, Plenty of Fish. But uh, this is a funny wrap up to CBC. But yeah, Facebook used to be dating uh, or more about just like connecting with people. And YouTube, YouTube used to be it was intended to be a video dating app where you would upload videos of yourself to try to connect and meet with other people in its in its early days yeah yeah weird i only read about that a couple of weeks ago point is twitter's changed completely uh it's it's a mess you know that i actually thought elon musk would be able to like pull it all together and do a better job but he's not oh, i've made a lot of predictions here where i've been right about things but uh even with the trump insurrection but i definitely was wrong about that it uh it's not going good and yeah um well we're already, already 13 minutes in and um, it's been about Twitter. Yeah. So, uh, a face that, you know, yeah. I'm never overly happy to see. I'm going to share it. I don't think this warrants a trigger warning. It's mildly. To any, anyone um, watching, you know, it's it's almost been... It's almost been three years since George Floyd was murdered. And... Uh, Well, I can't say that, you know, I think about George Floyd on a weekly or even monthly basis lately. You know, I often think about the way the world has changed uh, mm -hmm. since that day. I reflect on that a lot. Um, Derek Chauvin in 2021 was convicted of multiple kinds of murder charges. I won't, I, I'm second, third, and some other thing, serving a 22 and a half year sentence. And, uh, you know, of course, as is, is expected, he has attempted to appeal that mm -hmm. multiple times. Um, this time they were trying to use arguments like it wasn't a fair trial. It shouldn't have been had in Minnesota, I believe. Uh, that's the bottom of the article. How it's not fair because there was such public opinion um, in the case before the jury was selected. 
uh, that this is ironic. It wasn't fair because in Minnesota, another black man was murdered by police during the, pro the jury selection process, all kinds of nonsense. Um, but in the end, uh, it was upheld that, mm -hmm. I don't mean, it better have been like, thank God it was upheld that, oh, I should have switched the banner. It was mm -hmm. upheld that he was going to continue to serve his, his time. And I don't think yeah. he'll be able to issue another appeal. Okay. Uh, I'm just bringing this to the public uh, because, you know, it's not talked about like it used to be. Um, it's definitely not front page news anymore. You kind of have to look for this kind of stuff for the most part. And um, it's a good feeling. I mean, it's uh, when I see this man's face, I mean, every there's, there's not a shot I've ever seen his face in which I just don't just doesn't boil my blood. Like I just don't get disgusted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any reflections or thoughts on, on the time this man is serving and all the, I mean, to me, all the black men who have been unjustly murdered by police and have got away with it scot-free. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess similar to what you said, like there's been quite a bit of positive change since George Floyd's murder. Some things that have stuck and some things that, you know, were a trend with the outrage that have, you know, fallen back to the wayside. I think overall, um, I'd, I'd like to think that George Floyd has been honored by the Black community in so many ways. I think that there would have been a, like, a whole ass riot if they would have thrown out somehow his guilty verdict and tried to, I don't know, do another trial or something absolutely crazy. Um, this comes on the heels of a Black kid being shot in the head in the states this week that everybody's talking about we also recently talked about another black man who had been murdered by police like it's like it's every time i see Derek chauvin or i think about george floyd i think about the fact that i probably cannot keep track of how many more black people mainly men have died since george floyd has and that it still like there hasn't been enough change um, I do also think about its correlation to just gun violence in the States in general, the number of school shootings that continues to increase as well. Um, and it mainly makes me feel sad for America, but I know that we are not um, saints over here in Canada, but by and large, obviously glad that the guilty verdict was upheld. Don't know what would have happened had it not been glad that we don't have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah and i mean i i don't think it was held up just because of the insane chaos that may or may not have ensued had it not been um but can you imagine can you imagine like, society if it hadn't have been um and yeah we're certainly not saints over here in canada we just don't have the same insane access to guns as people do in the states it seems like these things happen in cycles or maybe they're only reported on in the news cycle in cycles but uh, there's been a wave of mass shootings again in the reported in the states in the past few weeks and a who a black person got shot in the head by who i didn't hear about this oh a from what i understand of the story and obviously i'm talking about this without having reread everything but okay. a black teenage child just rang the wrong person's door. I think looking oh for gosh. a friend, looking for somebody, rang the doorbell and the white person living there opened the door and shot this black kid in the head. Um, they, 
are pretty sure that like there would have been time for this person to look in the window, see that it's a black person and decide to shoot. You don't just open a door and start shooting people. So they believe it's fully hate motivated. I think that what I read is that the cops like weren't 100% sure it was hate motivated. So I don't know if they like haven't fully arrested him or or what's going on, like legally speaking. But he's only like 15 or 16. Last I heard he was still alive, but fighting for his life. I saw pictures of him like on a stretcher in the hospital. But yeah, a, t- a teenage kid just... R- rang the wrong doorbell that's really sad it's Um, very sad i wonder if it's one of those states where like if someone's on your property you have the right to shoot them um and i even i don't know exactly how those laws work from state to state but like someone's trespassing on your property in, in many states you can shoot them um so i don't know if that's the case the only way it wouldn't sorry go ahead no, I was just at the, I Googled it really quickly. It is an 84-year-old white man um, in Kansas City. He did turn himself in, but then was later released on bail. He's facing two felony charges, assault in the first degree, and armed criminal action in the April 13th shooting of Ralph Yarl, um, and will be arraigned Wednesday afternoon. He was released on bail conditions with his $200,000 bond. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And Ralph was 16, was shot in the head and arm after he went to the wrong address to pick up his siblings. He was armed? No, he was shot in the head and the arm. So more than one shot. The only way that's not a hate crime is if... See, that's the other problem, right? If this 84-year-old was so inundated by by media and fear-mongering and just fear of black skin and black people in general, that he genuinely thought there was some threat to his safety and security and well-being, which still doesn't warrant, you know, opening a door and blasting anybody any race (laughs) they just don't open the door right right yeah exactly um uh, ralph is not he's not dead he's alive he was actually released from the hospital but is going to have like a very difficult road to recovery it's sad it's hater it's ignorance none none of it's okay right and then no amount of fear like how fearful could someone be to just open a door and start blasting so apparently, according to this 84-year-old man, he fired immediately after answering the doorbell when he saw Ralph, the, the black teenage boy, pulling on the exterior door handle. So it's like it was a double a screen door situation. Lester thought that Ralph was trying to break into the home and was scared to death due to the boy's size. Sure. I don't know. You, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's one of those it, things to me that makes me think of um, one of the black kids in New Brunswick that we've spoken to, who said that when he turned sixteen, people started crossing the street to avoid him, yep. and that awful feeling. And like, I don't know that feeling. You probably know that feeling I to do. a certain extent. And I like, do. 
very much that upsets me a lot yeah it really bothers me too there is like i'm not defending the shooter i think he should be charged with possibly attempted manslaughter or attempted second degree murder whether he gets convicted or not there is a certain fear you hear about that comes with aging for some people a certain fear of the world a certain fear of this that possible onsetting of dementia I but will nothing say, none of that warrants getting off like there needs to be a trial right you know? um i will say and this just like in a way, it, it solidifies two points, but this article says that the, the shooting of the 16-year-old boy, Ralph, comes days after a 20-year-old woman was shot and killed in upstate New York after she accidentally turned into the wrong driveway. Now, this woman is white. So it's not just about race. It might be that fear thing or just the gun thing that like, now we're just killing people for, oh, you're, oh, you're on my property, you're in my driveway, and I'm afraid, so I'm going to kill you. The wave of mass shootings, the polarization of Americans in general, the complete refusal to do anything about gun control i mean whether it's hate based on race or not again like i know i know we're not in america but we can't live in a world where if someone knocks on your door you think it's okay to just take a shotgun and start blasting yeah like, that's a, wild a 65 year old man fired two shots she was in the car with three others and she got hit and killed by one of the bullets just for being in the wrong driveway. I know I get on edge when random cars pull into my driveway. <laughs> you know, I look out the window, I watch, see what's going on. I, I get uppity a little bit, to be honest. But you, but you can't be shooting but people because you're black. So then, like, the whole, the whole thing's a problem. But it would never even... I don't get... Like, I would never... I couldn't imagine myself being that concerned, right? Like right. I watch, they back out, they drive the other, other direction or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. I wondered what that was and it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. Like unless the young man had, was like kicking at the door or had actually broken through a wooden lock or something, still lots of time to shoot if that happens. To op he opened the door and shot the man. Yeah, well, that's no, the I'm, thing. Not, like, I'm not really feeling this. He's saying He's saying that he opened his door as the black kid opened like the exterior screen door and shot him like there but were he two already had doors. The, but he already had the gun lo loaded yeah 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 it's a shotgun yeah i didn't read what kind okay well the gun was loaded cocked probably i wasn't there sounds like it was cocked anyways wow that's a crazy segue to the derek chauvin case but um yeah sounds like it's pretty wild to live in america yeah that all of the both of these stories i only brought up simply to say that it's it's just so hard to keep up with all of all of this like mass shooting crime gun law whatever you want to call all of this that it just like uh it, it must be very difficult to live in america um yeah i won't move there anytime soon <laughs> But anyway, it's weird. We have no segue. Well, we, here's our, our segue. Well, I guess we do. Jail. Sorry. Well, uh, jail and also, but you know where I also wouldn't move back to New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. 
Yeah, I wasn't going to call you on some of the thoughts you've had, but uh, great segue. It works. Thank you. Um, New Brunswick recently released their budget. Mm -hmm. And boy, oh boy, there, there are some good, there are some bad. We are going to discuss some of the high-level topics briefly because we are not financial experts, advisors, government officials, or the news. But we are people yeah, who are yeah. both affected by the budget and we have thoughts. That's you all. said that so much more eloquently than I would have. I was going to say, full disclosure, we actually discussed and planned to talk about the budget. And the more we got into it, we were just, we just thought it was a bit much for us to uh, think. Well, we could, I just uh, didn't realize how in, much money was have, being given out. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have or take the time to investigate it as in-depth as we would have needed to to really talk about it. Yeah. But what you said. Thank you. There are some relevant... Yes, please. Um, Do we want to start off with the one that I think we mainly wanted to discuss? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's going to be $32.6 million to fund more policing, including an increase in RCMP officers. Now that is separate from the 30 some million being invested into a jail being built in Fredericton, despite the people of that area being like, why are you doing this? Going to town halls. I believe we reported, even though we aren't the news, haha, that I believe we spoke about even the mayor of Fredericton saying, I don't really co sign this, and yet they're still building it. So in theory, that means it's about 60 some million dedicated to police uh, activities, if you will. Presence in in New Brunswick. Yes. Whether it's between the the jail and the um, increase in RCMP officers. Um, Other things that I know, 44.9 million to increase wages for personal support workers in nursing homes. Personally, I like that because my mom's in a nursing home, but also uh, they have feelings about the fact that a lot of the immigrant population gets put into those jobs because their their like accreditation and education isn't uh, uh, valid. Transferable, in, in recognized. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, education budget increased by 33.3 million. This will pay for more teachers, classroom materials, and for the surge in the number of students going to school, 30.8 million to improve our strong, inclusive education system, which is a quote, don't know what in the education system is inclusive, but we are waiting for the implementation of the Black History's curriculum that we hope to be a part of. So maybe they mean that. Um, the healthcare budget increasing by 262 million, which I we are happy to hear about. 72 million for the budgets of the two provincial health authorities, which is Horizon and Vitalite. 39.2 million to help improve access to primary care. 29.7 million for recruitment and retention of staff. That's the high the high level reportings in fairness from CBC's Instagram. <laughs> if you want to look, <laughs> if you want to look. Um, but we've also I did see um the and you have it on the screen right now, the eight hundred thousand for um mental health services uh, and other services for sexual assault victims. I did think that that was great. I just definitely think it could be more considering there's been a lot of conversation lately around a lack of nurses and staff that are equipped with trauma response to handle when rape victims come to the hospitals and do rape kit tests 
there is a very short window of time in which you can perform that. Um, and the fact yep. that people are being shooed away, told to come back is absolutely disgusting. So 800,000 is a great start. We would love if more was allotted. Um, and I do think while we're looking at this, this all does sort of go without saying that keeping in mind the, the entirety of the budget is the fact that we've decided we were the first province in like 40 years to pay off a super big chunk of debt to the government. And um, I often, I think I talked about this before. You mean to the banks? I didn't think it was to the bank. I thought, I don't, I don't know where, um, I don't know where governments owe their money to. I'll be oh, honest. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All I was going to say is that. Pay off their debt. Pay off their debt. Like pay off our, our debt. Yeah, we paid off some of our debt. It was the biggest chunk in 40 years of the Canadian government by any province. And I think I've said this on here before. If not, I said it somewhere. I just don't understand. It, like money's fake. Why pay it? <laughs> Why pay the money? Help the people and then build the economy and then they'll pay the debt for you. But instead, we just have $60 million for the police. And what are they doing? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt you there no, no, uh, regarding the things. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always confused me too. Like every province, every state, every country in the world owes money. <laughs> so you, I started asking the question years ago, well, who do they own the, who do they owe the money to? Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess in some cases they owe it to each other or lesser countries or countries with more money. But a lot of times it's like the Goldman Sachs, right? It's like the banks. There's all these international banks that apparently every country in the world owes money to so when you ask who really runs the world it's that's why it's always the banks the banks run the world um and that's the big difference between liberals and conservatives right you've got the liberals who um reflect what you just said you know take whatever money you have borrow more money it doesn't matter you're never going to pay off the debt invest in the people in social services and healthcare and education and when we invest in that uh, society will get better and then there'll be more money in the economy and that will pay down the debt and conservatives the whole purpose of being conservative is like they like to cut 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 they want to reduce government involvement in uh, citizens lives but they also want to reduce um government funding to social programs, education, and things like that, things that benefit people's lives. And I guess the goal of paying down like in unpayable debt is to try to reduce interest, interest rates to hopefully be able to pay down the debt in the future. But then again, how are you going to do that if you're not investing in, in your people? So it's this constant back and forth. Every X amount of years, another party gets elected. The liberals get elected and they spend, spend, spend. And the conservatives get elected and they cut, 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 which kind of, again, makes me feel like it's a Pierre Trudeau kind of situation. And depending on what the real people in power want to do, whether they need to save or whether they need to spend, they, they let another party get elected. But I, I, I don't think we're going to delve into more uh, Clinton and or Hillary Black Atlantic conspiracy theories today. Um, Never know. Um, I will say that, oh. yeah, we, we reduced our debt, New Brunswick is the we, by $2.3 over I, the course of three years. Is the debt in the trillions? Oh, God. Oh, like, probably. <laughs> let me let me continue to... Oh, hold on. I yeah, you're, you're great at getting 13.9 billion as of 
Mm-hmm. Well, it declined to eleven point six billion after we paid two point three billion. See, that's actually it's weird. It's 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 if you can pay down, like just like with a house, um, a lot of the debt, like you, you're just paying down the interest for years and years and years and years, and you're never actually affecting reducing the debt payment. If a province ever could pay off its debt, mm-hmm. then wow, the, the Think of much more money the province would have. Like they would be thriving with no debt. But I mean, I don't know how it all works. It's it's confusing. That's why there's so many people on both sides of the argument trying to push back and forth. Right. Um, I know that the you know the government put 1.6 million into uh, provincial immigration programs, uh, 4.5 to be invested in the Crown Land Civil culture program i don't know if that has to do with uh with indigenous people or agriculture itself um money into healthcare, but then 10 million to see i think 1.6 million is a lot of money but then it's like 10 million invested in the energy sector or 14 million uh for the rising cost of commodities uh and 10 million invested in the energy sector is that renewable energy because another spicy thing that happened recently which we don't have to fully get into is that blaine higgs offered the indigenous communities a million dollars to let them frack on some of their land now oh interesting i I was like am i reading about bribery (laughs) this morning and i was However, I, I doubt that the indigenous community is going to be like, yes, here, go for it, um, which is wild to me. But if that one million was coming out of that 10, then sure, it's for energy because it's about fracking and it's about actually hurting the planet and it's not renewable or safe. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be some bribery <laughs> and I'm sure some of it is towards uh, low carbon footprints. Uh, I'm still sharing the screen here, I think, but yeah, a yeah, hundred right. million to build 380 new public housing units. Uh, the 32, the $30 million jail will house 109 inmates total, I believe. Um, and it's just weird. Like, you know, you build a jail to house, I guess, people who broke the law, uh, but you could also spend the money on housing. You could spend it on social services. You can spend it on education, thereby hopefully reducing the need yeah. to put people in jail. I mean, that's <laughs> well, it, it's just crazy. Like specialized crime units to ease pressures in the courts. How does having more police ease pressure in the court system? You, you would imagine that they'd maybe arrest more people. Um, yeah, put more pressure on the crime system. Looks like we are talking about the budget a bit. Um, well, we were able to read it and process simultaneously because we like to produce a good show. <laughs> but what I what I will add is that, like, well, I I have a question, and I don't know if you have the answer. But did they continue to have police presence in the schools throughout this school year? Because we talked about that at the beginning of I don't like know September. Because I, I was wondering do. if that I think was they part did, of that and budget. it probably just went as planned i I looked that up right after i looked that up right after there's actually more being invested even into policing that we mentioned technically three million to increase safety measures for inmates and staff in provincial correctional facilities i imagine that means more security guards and prison guards probably more maybe more cameras considering that like a lot of 
Well, we were saying when they we first played footage. The jail, exactly. We, yeah, we played footage. Yeah, go ahead. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> we played footage of, you know, prison guards beating inmates. Uh, now, this sounds like a good investment of money. And this is what we were talking about. We were talking about $3.7 to be invested into the correctional model program to reduce the rates of inmates reoffending. That sounds like a great use of money. Mm. Um, vulnerable populations. So, yeah, what I care. what I wanted to comment on and what I was curious about, but maybe I would need to read the section about the vulnerable populations is, as we know, I work in the community health center sector. New Brunswick is one of the few provinces that like the community health centers were still heavily influenced and funded by Vitalite and Horizon, meaning mm -hmm. they weren't picking the programs et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now there is, there has been one for a while. I just wasn't aware of it called Salvis on Church Street in Moncton. Um, and I've actually gotten to connect with them through my day job, which is really nice. And like the work that they do would be the perfect thing to sort of mitigate people who are precariously housed, engaging in risky behavior, using drugs in an unsafe way, i.e. no safe supply, more prone to overdose, etc. Mm -hmm. Instead of building housing units for people who are already in the system and on welfare, or incarcerating people who are committing these crimes because they have no safe place and they are in the street, that's sort of what this place Salvis would do. And so that's why my job asks for continued investment in these types of places. And so it would have been nice. And maybe it is in that vulnerable populations section. Um, it would be great if the government's invested in places like that, because then you would need less jails because I, it, it's been a big discussion here in Toronto as well. Increased police presence is just, I think you said it best before the show, you're really just policing and incarcerating the homeless and the people who are poor and the people who just don't have a, anything to do or are having a hard time more often than the people I find actually committing crime crimes. Um, those were I your think, exact words, but like, I will, yeah. They kind of were for New Brunswick. I don't know the situation in Toronto, but I haven't heard reports of crime being out of control and on the rise. You know, I think mm. media loves to focus on things like crime. It gets all the clicks and views, but uh, I'm not hearing any stories about crime in New Brunswick. I'm just hearing stories about homelessness and increased police presence. So I've just, you know, one plus one equals two. To me, it mm -hmm. feels like the police presence is meant to help deal with the homeless population because people don't like to see homeless people and instead of actually getting to the root causes of the issues they just want them rounded up and taken out of sight new jails more police on the street mm -hmm. could be wrong i don't know yeah but um yeah so anyone has any thoughts on that anyone who knows more than us <laughs> Yeah, anyone Post. who wants to uh, let us know, leave us a comment, rate us, tell us we have no idea what we're talking about with the budget. If y'all knew my personal budget, you'd understand. We're lucky I can speak on this budget. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of money. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was looking to share our Instagram, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that for now. Speaking of money, this was in the news recently. And when I looked it up, I found that it wasn't really reported on any Western media. But when you put it into Google, like there's news sources from all over uh, African news sources and, of course, Russian news sources and lots of other things. Um, but basically, it was announced a couple of weeks ago that Putin 
had himself announced that he was clearing $20 billion worth of debt um, owed to Russia from African countries. So really interesting announcement to make, you know, one year into the war uh, to anyone who follows Russia and, and stuff like that, Russia Western media keeps on talking about how Putin is losing the war, losing all his heavy artillery. He's trying to save face. Things aren't going good. When you look at other news sources, you hear a lot about Russia uh, strengthening their ties with China, who is a rising world power, also making new pact agreements with countries like India. You hear of a number of countries who have decided to stop trading in American dollars uh, so as to you know, trade in other currencies, possibly hurting the states. I don't know how much it really affects them. Um, but also you hear this news about Russia clearing $20 billion worth of debt from African countries. Uh, and well, before I do um, reflections on that, I mean, Russia for years now has been investing heavily in African countries, and so is China. Uh, the the reasons why are unclear, although there's lots of prospecting on that. But um, you know, Africa, there's a lot of emerging countries in Africa uh, economically, but China's investing in infrastructure and programs and food, uh, and probably so that these countries will owe these countries something afterwards. But at the same time, um, some of these African countries have seats at the UN so they can influence voting. And there's lots of other little things on there. But when you heard about this news, Hillary, I mean, did you have any thoughts? We posted this on our Instagram and there was a ton of people commenting. Um, yeah. um, interesting move. I think that like my knee-jerk reaction and um, one of the reasons I'm happy about us having this podcast is because sometimes it is educational in the sense that I'm not always focusing on the same side or the same beliefs that I think general society might have me believe. And what I mean by that is until we really discuss the whole NATO Russia situation and how um, the American government might have like not had a hand in the war against Ukraine, but obviously not made it easier for it not to happen, if you will. Hmm. Um, I think I would have just heard that news and been like, Russia's clearing this debt to get these African countries on their side to either strengthen their troops, get something out of them, get favors later, everything that you essentially just said. But I also, and like by thinking that way I think in the past I would have been very concerned and now I'm sort of just like well I get why because they want to be able to be in power and be in control because they believe that they're right in this war what I find interesting is however Russia and China are investing in these American countries from my understanding the American countries all these other western civilizations non-third world countries if you will like they're they're not investing like when when monkeypox happened we realized that oh we had a vaccine the whole time but we didn't send it to the continent of africa to help those people until the white people got affected and so part of me is sort of like well at least someone is investing in these countries even if there is a nefarious reason because it gives these people a chance to like potentially thrive so unless i'm completely off my rocker 
and don't fully understand. I think that I'm happy that these African countries are no longer indebted to Putin. I hope that it doesn't bite a bunch of people in the ass later. Um, and, and us because we are neighbors with America, but, um, I don't know. It's one of those weird political things that like, I don't know how educated I am on it to have an opinion, but that's loosely my opinion is that, that uh, previously I would have been like, this is bad. And now I'm like, well, good for Africa. <laughs> it's certainly good for Africa. I mean, yeah. someone's always using Africa. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, it's true. That sentence. Someone's always using Africa. You are right. No, I mean, from like even, I think, I don't know if it was before or after the slave trade, but I mean, people had been going into Africa and colonizing before the slave trade. And I believe it just got worse and continued with the slave trade. And, you know, after the slave trade, after like multiple people had been robbed, multiple men. So, of course, there's like, their physical strength in, in a lot of cases, not all, I don't want to get, get into any trouble there, but like literally like robbing when, when, when war starts, it's, it's usually mostly men fighting. Um, so after robbing Africa of all their men, then they go in there and they start colonizing and robbing them of their natural resources and taking over and doing all this stuff and just centuries and centuries of pillaging and plundering and taking their natural resources and stealing them and robbing them and hampering their economic development and then we get into modern days and places like America and Canada and many other countries, they're loaning these African countries money, putting them in debt after taking everything they had. They're loaning them money and putting them further in debt to them forever. So like that's horrible. And that's actually something I, I learned more about from the comments, which I am going to share uh, on our Instagram in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, what Russia is doing doing uh could be just to establish closer ties with african countries maybe get future access to resources maybe strengthen trade routes because of the sanctions put on them by america just so they can have their own say uh, maybe it's to gain influence or uh i believe that russia has been providing africans with a number of military equipment hopefully that's not just for the civil wars because that's in the end killing more africans but maybe it's increasing their dependence on moscow moscow for future i think repeating myself but maybe it'll uh maybe they'll owe russia favors or maybe when votes go certain ways in the un that will influence it but the reality is i mean no one africa shouldn't be in debt to anyone like <clears throat> reconciliation like these countries the same countries they're in debt to are the countries that destroyed them um, some comments that we had seen from some of our followers like the black rose nation company on instagram and sandra tannenbaum someone named surge uh, blue nile massage wellness which is a massage a clinic in, in halifax artistic chad photography here i'm just going to share the page uh, our friend sandra had said that um yeah the way the debt was accumulated in the first place was inherently unjust. Otherwise, rich countries have been bleeding money to colonize our countries who got rich through the theft of resources from these so-called poor countries. The huge debt uh, from these countries is just ridiculous, basically. And Sandra said kudos to Russia for being one of the first to do what needed to be done a long time ago. Uh, the Russian government is not known for its charity and goodwill. So while it wasn't necessarily out of the kindness of his heart, um, 
it sets a precedent that some of these other countries should follow roots. Um, the Black Rose Nation Company had a lot to say, but basically, um, Russia's trying to prevent the colonial impact on their sovereignty. That's what blacks need to do. Um, Canada hasn't been historically in uh, support of black populations to embrace its African roots. Um, however, China and Russia are investing heavily in Africa. We don't know what the long-term game is there. But uh, he's asking, like, who are blacks with? Countries that support Africa or ones that don't? Uh, Africa has been working for its own dollar for many minutes. Uh I don't know about this. It said Africa had almost gotten its own currency, but then Obama and Bill Clinton murdered Gaddafi. Then Obama got a peace prize. I don't know about that. Do you know about that, Hillary? Not a ton, although I know that like it's always been brought to my attention that all of the presidents have participated in war crimes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I maybe remember something about... Uh an African currency, but that's not ringing any immediate bells. But even okay. so, that wouldn't be the same as like ex excusing debt just by saying like, you get a coin or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's like if Africa had a united dollar, sort of like the Euro, like that would strengthen them economically on the global that's stage. That's true. That's, I think that's what that's about. Um, this is an interesting comment from Blue Nile Massage Wellness. People know Africa is a leader and a superpower. Uh, the rest of the world is now trying to partner because it's becoming harder for them to exploit Africa. Um, she, she or they are still confused about where the debt came from. Since Africans helped to build the entire world, the world should be indebted to Africa. That's actually a really interesting talking point. Um, there would be no success success or superpower anywhere else in the world without her uh, clearing debt sounds great but i'm side-eyeing now obviously africa did not help to build the world voluntarily but the fact is they helped to build the world so to people who don't know about this because it really was not on western media i actually i follow some african channels on instagram which is how i heard of it and when i looked it up i didn't see it on any western media for obvious reasons um it's just i'm not saying russia's the good guys by any means i i'm certainly not saying russia are the good guys but it's an interesting move and i wonder what people think about it um do you want to, bouncing back and forth topics, if you have more to say on this, please go ahead. Otherwise, I was um, going to speed run through our very, very last thing, but I will yeah, exactly. say, I'll say quickly that like, it's no surprise that it wasn't on Western media because it actually could portray Russia in a good light and heaven forbid somebody feel that way. And, uh, but I sort of do in this instance, while also understanding that it is way, way more complicated. And also I don't trust any of the governments. So, you know, yeah. That, that's the real fact. But in we're going to end on a positive light. In <laughs> in Moncton this summer, they've recently announced that there are going to be two international festivals. Um, there is going to be the International Buskers Fest, which sounds super cool and exciting. Um, and then an international street painting festival. So the Buskers Festival will be July 14th to 16th. And then the um, International Street Painting Festival will be the New Brunswick Day Long Weekend of August 5th to 7th. Um, and I also didn't realize that these come as um, Festival Inspire ended after a decade. I was trying to find this and I didn't realize that Lisa G has ended Festival Inspire after 10 years. Wow. That I like, I feel an emotion. I 
in my bar star days. <laughs> that festival brought me joy and community. I met painters yeah. from across the world that funny enough are my friends here now. Um, yeah. I, that festival was, it really did something for Moncton at a time where I felt like Moncton was like, well, what do we do in the summer? Um, so it what did. a, what a great 10 year run, but I am very excited by, oh my Lord, one second, I'm getting calls. Um, <laughs> um, uh, do you have to go? Sorry. No, I, I will in a minute, but we're almost done. Um, I'm excited about these two festivals and I hopefully will be able to be there for the buskers one in July because surprise Clinton, I'm coming to visit in July and, and also in April next week, and... but shush. okay, I'll, I'll put it on the calendar. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, well, yeah, inspire was really great. It really beautified Moncton in a lot of way. And to be honest, in some small way made me feel like I was living more in an actual city, just from the uh, amazing artwork and inspiration and graffiti and, and paintings that were put up all over the city, uh, created lots of events to do. My mm -hmm. favorite was like the, uh, like the disco bike ride. I, I yeah. love bike riding. So that was really fun, but, uh, yeah. So check that out this summer. Um, I I think that is it thank you so much for listening if you haven't already uh, just a friendly reminder to like follow us on all social media channels and also streaming platforms or just your favorite ones if you are watching us on youtube that's great uh we still have a bulk of our listeners on audio and we love that but we're trying to be a bit more visual uh subscribe comment like us share share our posts share our videos and scan really the QR appreciate code. that and scan the qr code on what is it? It's, uh, let's, let's show them. Let's scan show them the time. Code. Let's take them out with a little mm, mm, scan the coat. Scan the coat. <laughs> scan the coat. Scan All right. Coat. I, think, I think you need Damn, to go. I think we I'll need to make go. a TikTok or a video where that's that's the promo and it's just the QR code, but we're above it going, scan the code. Scan the code. <laughs> we're going to work on it. Okay, one more. Mm, 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 mm. All right. So, no, we missed it. You missed it. You missed it. It's all good play the outro no but when you were doing it it was amazing like good job okay thanks yeah. okay okay see you next week Bye. Peace.